Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Luca Nation, a few quick announcements before we jump into the episode. Tomorrow morning, week 17, we have our final whatnot football show of the regular season. So super excited. Week 17, a little awkward, but uh, we're going to bring our A game and hopefully we'll close out a winning season, a winning season for Cage, a winning season for you guys, not a winning season for me uh, tomorrow. Cage, you're right here. Oh, hey now. Let me see that. Coca-Cola Sabor Original. So you got the original Coca-Cola right there. Echo and Mexico. Made in Mexico. I like it. I like it. It's good. You're gonna drink one. You're gonna have. Uh, you need to be perked up there. You're. You, you need a little. Uh, need a little. A little sucre, azúcar. So just like this, right out of the can. A little sugar. I haven't. Sugar. I haven't had Coke in. I, I, I can't oh, tell you. So I've never had. It tastes it. so good when it touches your lips. It tastes so good. Not as bubbly as I thought it would be. Really. It's sweet. It's definitely sweet. Mm-hmm. A little like caramelly. A little caramel, yeah. A little, little sweet, a little caramel. Look at you. Second can coming up. <laughs> I'm going to get a text at like 3 it's a a.m. Distinct... It's like, what, what? is Hawaii playing? <laughs> is Hawaii playing? I don't get the over the Hawaii game. <laughs> is that the move? Is that the move? Just flap at the over? That's the chase. So it used to be for Hawaii football. They had uh, June Jones was coaching, and they had who the hell was his quarterback? I don't even know. Maybe Mike Mike Leak. Does that know that he's Texas Tech, Tech coach? What was their quarterback? He, they had a QB over there in Hawaii who threw the ball like crazy. Oh man, who the hell was it? I don't know. And they just scored a shit ton of points. Like Hawaii. Um, oh man, sorry, right, sorry, right, sorry. But anyway, they they were like one of the first college like run and gun type teams where it was just like every play was a pass. It didn't make a difference. They didn't even have like a uh, Colt Brennan. Colt Brennan, that's who it was. Colt Brennan, what an awesome football name too. Colt Brennan, and he was he was awesome, man. Hawaii Rainbows. He played uh, he played the Redskins for a little. Uh, I can say that because when he played, they were the Redskins. This is historical. <laughs> but yeah, he played he, Hawaii. Is that's the chase? If you were if you were down. On college football on Saturday, and it's like, all right, I'll make it all back. Bet the over in the Hawaii game and get it Cage, all back. Not, Let's go. You're not going to believe this. You know, Colt Brennan passed away. Yes, I do. Yeah, at 37 years old last year. Yep. Who set yeah, numerous Colt Brennan? Who set numerous NCAA records as a quarterback? Wow. He was drafted sixth round. Wow. Life is short, man. Life is short. All right. So how do we make how do we capitalize? How do we capitalize on 2022? What are you thinking about with cards? There's a big auction. You're roll you're 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 having a wheelbarrow go in. <laughs> I got, you like I, that got post? Some, I got What's I got to trippy. I got in some first, stogies for tomorrow. Oh dude, nice. In the first in the first hour of that post, it was liked by Ken Golden. It was liked by Nat Turner. You know, it's got a lot of people saying like a great combination of like the the picture and the caption and stuff. So I like it, man. I'm trying my best. You know, guys, I've added a lot of followers. I'm, I'm trying to interact with folks. I'm really, you know, here here I am making posts and hoping you know Don Diego and Alex Jaimo like my posts. Right. You're I don't too. Need that. 
Your right, two are Nat Turner and Ken Golden. I don't need that smoke. I'll take uh, you put me in a room <laughs> with Ken Golden and Nat Turner and their collections any day over the collections of uh, no offense. I mean their their collections are quite nice as well. But uh, you know, Alex Don Diego, you can have them. I'm gonna take Ken and uh, I mean Ken's looking good. I see his lives, I can see his toes, you know. I mean that you know, that doesn't <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember we had um, what was his name? We had a guy on our team. He just graduated college, uh, and he loved feet stuff. Yes. Gavin. What was Gavin. 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 Um, all right, let's get into the show. Welcome back to Lucas Tigers Bronze. <laughs> Welcome back. By the way. What are you looking for? Can we to? start it off like this? I'm going to start it off like this. Um, one of the things I think that people like about us is we don't really do the whole – Oh, bigger than dog, King Carl. You know, the whole we don't do that when we're when we're right. We want people right with us, right? But when we're wrong, we admit it, right? When we're off, you know, Andrew, it's self-deprecating. You tell people, you know, my football picks weren't that great this year. You know, you own it. You tell people, I have to own something because now I've watched a couple games this week. Malik Monk plays really well with with LeBron. I gotta tell you, they they make a heck of a little combo, and I was wrong. And he is he does not play the same way he played, and that's great because that's an evolution. And maybe there's a difference between Michael Jordan sitting on the sidelines trying to coach him, and LeBron being in there showing him where to be and playing off of him. Whereas obviously two years ago with the Hornets, he didn't have anybody of that caliber. You know, unfortunately, you know Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo. Uh, not going to do the same thing from Malik Monk's game that LeBron is. Um, Cage, you know how important it is to know your role in life, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like genuinely, honestly know your role and know your place. And, and it's important to understand like your role where you are right now isn't where you could be in the future, but right now it is what it is, right? And I think when you're on a team with the Hornets, what makes young teams so interesting is you could have a culmination of talent, but they're all want to be that guy. And the coach and the GM doesn't tell them or give them guidance on who the guy is. And there is more fighting amongst each other, maybe even subconsciously about who the guy is, than actually wanting to win. When you come to a team like the Lakers with LeBron, you're not questioning if you're the guy. You're not going to a team if you think you're the guy. Mm-hmm. And being able to know your role and understanding this could be a stepping stone. Maybe in two, three years, I'll be the guy. But right now, I have to help this guy. And he's the leader. He's the captain. And uh, and for a lot of players, that's no good. But for some players, it's really helpful, man. Because at the end of the day, teams win. Players don't win. Teams win. Organizations win, if you really ask Jerry Krause. And the best organizations, and I think why we love Clay so much, is because he knows his role. By the way, Clay coming back. All this hype, I just want him to get through one game healthy. Like, my bar for, is one game just healthy. It's, it's a long season. But... I'm rambling here, but knowing your role, and that's what good leadership is. That's what business is. It's, hey, this is what you do. Bill Belichick does that a great job of that. It's do your job, do your job, do your job. And uh, thank you. I mean, but good for the Lakers. Good for Malik. Yeah. I mean, listen, he looks good. I mean, I, I think a lot of it has, has to be, I mean, look, he's he playing well with LeBron, but I think a lot of it has to be who the hell else is going to score? I look at the game and I'm like, it's a rogues gallery out there. You know, Davis is out. Westbrook is, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Carmelo looks his age. I mean, you know, guys, you listen to me, you know, 600 episodes in almost. 
you count all the other crap we do. And you've heard me talk about Carmelo. I got some Carmelo love. Where the hell has he been? You know, I mean, he has a game here and there where he put up 20 points, but it's like, what? where did he go? Um, he's one di- He's one dimensional. And I'll tell you, Westbrook's a good example of a guy who doesn't know his role. This is insane. My head already hurts. And I've had a, a little bit of this. It, it feels like, like, it feels like there's, like, I feel like this part of my brain turned on. Like, it's just activity that I've never had before. But Westbrook is a guy that doesn't know his role. And he's never known his role, in my opinion, throughout his career. And I think that's why the OKC team struggled a little bit. He could be an incredible defender, incredible defender, incredible Chris Paul type of guy, right? Pass the ball, get guys open, defend. He should have less than 10 shots a game on average, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. And he should just dish, 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 get LeBron involved. Now I get Melo involved. Now I get Malik involved. Now I get Avery Bradley involved. And he just runs the offense like Chris Paul would and takes the burden off LeBron. That would be huge. When I see Westbrook taking 18, 20 shots a game, I, I, I don't get it, man. It's, it's such a lack of self-awareness, in my opinion. Mm. Mm. Pretty and nuts. he takes him with such confidence, too, no? Yeah. I mean, listen, you asked me yesterday, do I think, you asked me yesterday, do I think Milwaukee or the Nets? The Nets were down by 20, it seemed, before they started the game. They looked, out, you know, dysfunctional. They looked like they didn't know what was going on. And I think that whole Kyrie in, Kyrie out, Kyrie in is going to be, like I said, it's going to be an impact on those guys. You know, <clears throat> Durant's going to go out there and get his numbers, but if the rest of the team is not scoring and Harden's having one of his nights like he's had the last couple of games, that team is very beatable. And and the crowd there in Brooklyn sensed it. You could see, you could see that fourth quarter. The crowd was like, and they made their run. Look, to start the fourth quarter, they made they were down by twenty, and they got down to like twelve ish. And the Bucks just said, "Okay, enough playing, enough toying well, around." Go ahead. Who 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 was the energy? Who was the spark for the run? It was Nick Claxton. Yep. When your energy, and I want to ask you, like, what is competitive drive? Like, what does that look like to you? What does competitive drive look like to me? Hmm. I don't know. I don't have much of it myself. Um, <laughs> let's see. I didn't mean. Uh, to, I, mean I didn't mean to make. I didn't mean to you make know, you all cerebral and uh, like the I last dance kind of stuff. You know. I mean, I don't know. It looks like you know people who. Th- but this is part of it, man. I understand what you're saying with competitive drive, but like you know the NBA regular season, why it's got so. I don't know, bleh, for me and for betters is the Nets look like world beaters one night, and then the next night when Milwaukee's there, it's like ah, eh, we don't need to win this game. We know we'll be there at the end, and we'll figure it out. And we just it looked like they mailed it in from the beginning. So, so competitive drive to me is one of those things that like you don't know what it looks like, but when you see it, you could point to it. If that makes sense. And and what I saw was them losing that game, and Patty Mills and Durant. Durant is your alpha, sitting on the sideline and kind of laughing, right? Yeah. And you saw that, right? Sitting on the bench. Yeah. yeah. And there's really nothing wrong with it, but here's where I go with it, and I'm curious. Maybe other people do. And for me, this makes players uninvestable, but that's just for me. Understands my. This team put you out of the playoffs last year. This team put you out of the playoffs without Kyrie. Kyrie came back for one game. You guys won. You guys have lost four in a row at home. You're the alpha. You're the in this MVP consideration, and you're on the sidelines smiling and laughing when the team just that just knocked you out of the playoffs last year from going to the finals after you came to the Nets to win on your own. The team that knocked you out is beating your ass at home, and you're okay and happy with that. I, I don't know, man. I mean, call me crazy, but like, and, and it's tough because at the end of the day, you know, I, I always go back to this quote: "Like you can't change the stripes on a zebra. You are who yeah. we are, who we are in this world." Durant is just one of the most unbelievable scorers in this league has ever seen. 
He has a move for every one of your moves. He could score at will. When he shoots, it's beautiful. But at the end of the day, I don't know how competitive that dude is. And I don't know how much of a track record of competitiveness, if you go back. He's he's competitive on Twitter. Hmm. He sure doesn't right. smile and take the high road when he's when he's on Twitter. He's he's out there bickering and arguing. But when Giannis comes on your court and he just beat you down, you know, less than twelve months ago, you would think that would piss you off a little bit. Listen, what's going to happen, right? Because I guess what you're saying, you got to know your role, right? So so when does when does somebody else step up? there as the leader or or better because you don't see it when does Westbrook uh, know that understand his role might be six man or might be a distributor and a defensive player instead of trying to score 30 a night let me tell you a story right it's a story of the hippo it's a story of the hippo Right? You know the are you doing like a long came? Uh, so, I'm, this, I'm oh, you ruined it! Well, you got it. You got the. All right, then, then you tell me the story. If it's a I don't movie, know you know, stories. I'm not story, a... So tell me the movie. Tell me because you got the you got the right movie. That's exactly what I was gonna do. I was gonna do the story of the you hippo the scuba? from from you scuba from Claude Claude Liban Liban. There's Liban. I'm telling you guys. Like the story of the all hippo. the hate. All the hate I got Luban. for Ben Stiller being top ten. There it is. Luben says, I'm not familiar with that story, Claude. <laughs> right? So the hippopotamus, the hippo. <laughs> He's not born in cool beans. You know, I am a hippo. No way, Jose. You know, I am a hippo. Right? So he tried to paint a stripe on himself and be like a zebra. But he fooled no one. Right? Then he tried to paint the spots on his skin. Right? To be like a leopard. Right? But everybody knows he's a hippo. Right? <laughs> So at a certain point, he look himself in the mirror and he just say, "Hey, I am a hippopotamus. <laughs> then there's nothing I can do about it." And as soon as he accepts this, he live life happy, happy as a hippo. You understand, Ruben? When does that happen to Russell Westbrook? You tell Incredible me. life lesson from a movie like that. And on, in that scene, too, the context of that lesson is incredible. Um, what's the question? <laughs> when, does, when does Westbrook realize he's not a zebra or a leopard and just be the hippo? When does he do what he's supposed to do? I'll, I'll tell you what comes to mind. It's Pat, my, the, Pat Riley. And why him, he's so important is because leadership is kind of top down. Right. And I mean, it's interesting. I mean, the Lakers have a, like a, like a Palinka is a very respected general manager. So I imagine if you just bring him in and say, this is what it's going to take to win for us. I'd imagine, you know, I'd imagine he'd play that role. I don't that that's a great question. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what the conversations behind the scenes are. I, I know you have to respect the people around you, but you, they've got legends across the board. You know, you got Magic Johnson. I don't know how evolved he is. You have LeBron. I just think it's better. It will be better for his career. And I still think that they could win a championship with this team. I just think they need to change up the roles a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, if you haven't seen Long Came Polly there, go ahead and take a take a, take a a gander. It'll make what I just did a little funnier, I think. Uh, Who hasn't maybe? seen that? Rain <laughs> Man. Kind of Westbrook <laughs> shoots like that guy, too. Yeah. <laughs> I got a cool play today, actually, Ooh. along this line. Let me so, I got a play, too. Sometimes, I mean, I got to tell you, sometimes I just go on eBay 
alt PWCC golden and just search random cards, like random name. <laughs> I'll type in. No, like, like I want to see what comes up, like uh, Michael Jordan Space Jam, or I'll yep. type in, you know, Michael Jordan Auto, Michael Jordan Photo, LeBron this, just a few keywords to see, like, there's so many right. cards out there and it's hard to know what's out there. So I, I mean, did that. Also, 500 and change episodes, two picks, you know, in most episodes you get picks. That means we give like a thousand plays. So <laughs> get a little fun. It's getting fun. And I actually was going to – I might not do daily plays, but I might give plays when I feel right. I might. That, that's something I was thinking of bringing out. So I'll look at this card. daily plays. So this card, that's it's beautiful. a pop 42 card. It's LeBron Jordan. It's yeah. this upper deck uh, bonus pack card. Now, it's not a rookie. There's nothing really iconic about it other than it's Jordan LeBron. It's a nice-looking card. It's a really low-pop card. And then – if you look at the prices, it's not a card that comes around too often, but you have 282, 370. So it's actually been dropping uh, in value. And it's a card I would take a look at. 23 LeBron, 23 Jordan, LeBron on the Cavs, which I was actually going to ask you. I find it super fascinating. I'll tell you guys the name of the card. It's the 2005 Upper Deck MJ LJ, LJ MJ 10 card uh, from 2005. Both of the guys on it. It's one of those cards that. It's not going to be as iconic as the 2008 Tops Chrome, Kobe, LeBron, and all that. But uh, I, I think it's got some potential. And in a low pop 42, it's a cool collector's item for just a few hundred bucks. I've seen worse buys. And, and you could also probably buy, buy it raw as well so, and get it graded. Um, have you noticed that you see LeBron in commercials, but really only in Lakers gear? Like you don't see a lot of LeBron in Cavs gear in like 2022 and i find that interesting like what commercial what do you mean like right now you see all the commercials he's wearing lakers gear but like they don't do like throwbacks to when he was on the Cavs, even though that's like well you're not gonna put a commercial out with him now wearing some another team's uniform now maybe when he's retired possibly maybe when he's retired but he's not gonna rep the Cavs while he's playing for the lakers come in a locker room and get the get the you know get the how much private pile treatment on him how much is going to like a team like the Lakers, like just that recognizability of that 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 jersey, you know, the marketability of being that's a part Laker. of it. He's also out in Hollywood, you know. That's the point of it. That's why Shaq went out there, you know. You think, yeah, not doing championships. Well, I mean, he won championships, um, but no, I mean that's part. He might have won championships if he stayed in Orlando, but no, out in LA, that was that was the thing. It's, I mean, it's, it's believe it or not, remember that was the '90s when he went out there, right? And it was a different world. The internet was not even starting. It was, it, was, it was a much larger world. The world's a lot smaller now. Like, you could be a star in Indianapolis and still, you know, fly to L.A. or They can come to you and make commercials wherever the heck you are. It doesn't matter as much. Back then, it was, I'm going to Tinseltown because that's the place, you know? You, that's, you know, that, 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 was, that was the story, right? I'm going to go to L.A. and be a movie star. Okay. So I think, you know, to some extent, that's why LeBron is there. And, you know, I think it does it does play into it. How do you get the sugar out of everywhere? Like, now I just feel like I need, like, a gallon of water to wash this down. From one co- – well, here's what's funny. It's I don't drink regular soda. So I would probably be going into, like, a diabetic shock right now, too, if I drank regular soda. Because I don't – I try not to take in that much sugar. I'm this large without having sugar. This is all diet soda. It's like fake sugar, which is, I guess, is even worse. But, um, you know, I don't do the sugar. So a lot of messages, guys. That's how much I got. Oh, well, then you're you being a baby. A lot of messages. Tomorrow there is a show, that Plainview Holiday show. show, card show again. 
Look at the show. I'll, I'll probably go Involuntary there. muscle spasms. I'll probably go there for the open, like the first hour or so. Um, you know, because, you know, the day, there's football, there's kids' birthday parties, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, but, you know, people did message me to see if I'm going. If you're if you're around, if you're local and you want to go, send me a message. I'll meet up with you. We'll take a picture. We'll do all that fun stuff. Maybe I'll bring some stuff, you know, trade with you if you want. Um, and uh, we'll figure that out. Um, Tomorrow is you know the, the whatnot show, though. So, you know, it might be after the while. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what time it ends. And, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, you know, um, probably go like when the whatnot show ends. Let's see what the heck else. Um, you know what fascinates a little bit today. me? A little sad today. A little sad About today. what? I took you my Christmas tree that. down. I took my Christmas tree down. You know, I like that. I like I like that time of year, man. You know, I like that. I like the, you know, the whole holiday time. You know, everybody's kind of happy. You know, there's gifts. The kids are happy. They have time off from school. And this time here between, say, like New Year and what is it, maybe February before Valentine's Day, there's like, you know, it's winter. It's cold. Just like you down in Mexico. You got snow. You know, it's separation season. It's and, a and dark. Dude, you, it's, it's separation season. It's when discipline and habits allow you to start the year on a good note. And other people are wallowing in. Oh, I can't wait. Not you, dude. You're hitting the ground yep. running. You're eating healthy. You're keeping track yep. of your weight. You have goals. Yep. You're focused. You're motivated. Dude, it's true. Uh, I think periods like this when it seemingly is nothing, it's actually the time to separate yourself. It's time to put in just a little bit extra effort than you did previously so that when the good times in the year come, you get to enjoy them because, hey, I, I worked. I put in the effort. So uh, it, it very much is separation season. All right. Well, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna run with it. You know, we're gonna, you, you we're have. Gonna, I wouldn't have said it if it wasn't you. We're uh, you know, and guys, we got the Fit Fam going. I, I sent I sent the picture of everybody January first. What I weighed, got some goals. I'm gonna show up at the Mid Collective. A little little smelter. Then that I am now definitely Mid Collective. Smelt, smelt, S V E L T, not smelter. A smelter is like you know, they put like liquid metals in it. You know, like smelting iron ore. Um, svelte is like another word for like, you know, thinner, right? Like I'm looking all svelte, um, like Ian. So anyway, um, listen, man. You, you know what blows January. my mind? Please. This is what I like to hear. I like to hear How many amazing running backs there were in the 90s and 2000s that no one talks about? Different LT, games. Clinton Portis, Curtis Martin, uh, Terrell Davis, Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith. They don't even come up in conversations anymore. It's fascinating to me. Dude, there was a great Twitter discussion we had. Warren Sharp posted um, like how NFL ratings are way higher than any sport, and it's not even close. But then I'm like, it doesn't take into consideration. NBA is so pro- – like there's Hoops Nation, there's Dunk, there's all these social media highlight apps uh, – or not apps, accounts on Instagram. That, and like a lot of people watch NBA through highlights, through YouTube, through yeah. clips. So I don't know how I, those two are. I mean, I think the football is more exciting with the throwing and the high scoring and that kind of stuff, and what got away with them. I mean, just watch some '90s football. The shoulder pads are are bigger than the players. You know, I played fantasy back then, and you know, it, it was the running backs were like the first three rounds. You know, maybe Jerry Rice got snuck in there. Maybe Shannon Sharp, you know, separated himself as a tight end. Tony Gonzalez when he started playing well a little later on, but but it wasn't quarterbacks. I mean. I remember one year I talked talk about this. I drafted Tom Brady one year. And people were like, ah, what are you doing with Tom Brady? You know, he's terrible. You know, why are you, you know, a quarterback? You should draft. I, I think it was like the 10th round. They're like, you drafted Tom Brady in fantasy? What's wrong with you? 
you know? So, and <laughs> I mean, jokes on you. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, <laughs> so, so it's a different game and the game changes and, and look, look what basketball looked like in the nineties. It doesn't surprise me. You know, basketball looks completely different too. It's much more fast paced now, you know, much more fast paced. Um, I got, I'm getting texts while we're doing this. What do you got your eye on in tonight's golden auction? That post was gold. <laughs> All right. Well, let's give people a play, but dude, you're absolutely right. NBA, like 20 point lead, 25 point lead. You were, that was, that was game. Now 25 point lead. The Knicks came back from a 25 point lead and the Knicks offense sucks. So like 25 lead, uh, by the way, that's going to be a really interesting game. I've been calling, uh, the Celtics, not necessarily demise, but there's something weird with that team. Uh, it just doesn't click. They don't mesh. Uh, I think they lose again to the Knicks, even without Fournier tonight. Um, but I'm curious to see w- w- what happens. I think Fournier's had like, what is it, three 30-point games during the season, and they've all been against the Celtics. <laughs> it's amazing stuff. Uh, it is what it is. Listen, I mean, uh, it's January. You know, yes. from the sports world, what do we like to look forward to, right? I mean, we got every month there's some good auctions. Gold of tonight. PDFCC Premier has a ton of basketball cards. So many great basketball cards. I think about 50% of the Premier is basketball. Um, so that should kind of tell you where the hobby is. Um, a lot of basketball cards going. And, uh, you know, so that's fun. January. So so here's one other thing, right? What's going on now? A lot of talk about it. And for guys like me, this is – it's fun dialogue might not be for everybody, but it's fun dialogue for me to talk about who gets in the Hall of Fame. I got people messaging me about what's what's going to happen to Barry Bonds if he gets in the Hall of Fame for those high-end cards. And I, I think I might have upset them because I said for the high-end stuff, it's not going to matter. The people who pay for Barry Bonds stuff, they're paying for it because they were Bonds lovers like Ken Golden, whether he gets in the Hall of Fame or not. As a matter of fact, they may even say, the hell with it. You guys are trying to keep us out. He was the best player ever. Hall of Fame's a joke. And they hold that as like, you know, part of the rallying cry for it. Now, the lower end stuff's a different story. You know, there might be a bump up if he gets in. Um, you know, the votes, we started talking about votes, right? Because the Rodgers, you know, MVP vote, and I posted about that. And, you know, it brought up how, you know, the Hall of Fame Baseball Association votes um, also sort of are a little bit silly. Um, but now people have basically been shamed into for the last couple of years, publicizing their votes. A lot of people publicize their vote and about 50% of the, of the vote is in about, you know, where it's public people, you know, there's 400 ballots and a bunch of votes are in. And, and the last year, the numbers from the public kind of moved back on the, on the steroid guys. Right. But right now, Ortiz, I think Ortiz gets in first ballot. Right. And we can talk about him. He was in the Mitchell report, which, you know, is like not a positive test, never punished by the league. Um, you know, A-Rod was suspended for a whole year. A very different scenario, right? Like this guy, there was there was a test that was never supposed to come out. And the, and that was that was like a, a thing. They don't even know what he tested positive for, just allegedly tested positive. And, the, and then the league starting, I think it was like 03, came up with that policy. He never tested positive. He never violated any league rules, you name it. So I think Ortiz is going to get in clear-cut, bright-line demarcation there. Um, I bring that up and I give this detail for a reason because my play today has to do with this. But right now, the public vote, both Bonds and Clements are slightly higher than the 75% needed. Now, people are expecting that to come back. People are expecting that to come down. I have a feeling, based on the return so far, they might both miss which is going to be a little silly for the Hall of Fame because uh, I think they're the best players ever. 
But people are still getting on their soapboxes about these guys and saying, you know, they don't deserve to be in. Um, and that, you know, it's a slap in the face and blah, blah, blah. And they're drawing these lines. You know, they're, they're writing it up. Here's why I did what I did. My, my line is this. My line is who got punished. My line who didn't get punished. My line is, you know, who lied. You know, who made a mockery of the game. Well, yeah, whatever. So I think they might not get in. But it had me looking at it, right? And, and guys, I love giving plays. And I'm going to give you this play. And it is not something you need to buy right now. It's not even something you need to buy this year. But it's something I want you to look at. It's something that probably after the Hall of Fame vote comes up and he doesn't get in. It might even be cheaper. You can go a million ways with this. But I'm going to give you one that's right now $48. The last one was $48, right? I got a guy who I think, I think he has two more chances after this. I think this is his eighth year. I think he has two more chances after this year. I think he's going to finish slightly above 50% this year, right? And I think with that, he's got two more years. He's got a shot. I think even if he doesn't get in through the normal voting, he's one of the guys that has the numbers that he'll get in through one of those backdoor votes, you know, the, the, you know, the, because his numbers are just so much better than the people that they're putting in now. And I'm talking about somebody who, um, who is a World Series champ, who's got all the you know, hitting numbers in the world, wasn't the greatest defensive player, but consistent hitter for two decades, struck fear if i was a third base coach and you told me in the last 40 years who's one person i wouldn't want to be standing in the third base coaching spot with the person up this is the guy because he hit missiles it's kind of like what you think of like uh giancarlo stanton now you know with 120 miles an hour off the bat i'm sure if they were tracking the speed this guy was probably hitting at the same the same butt right and yeah there's one of these cool bat wiggles you know as a kid people copied his batting stance he wiggle his bat right um over 22 seasons, he hit 292. Which, by the way, think about that. In an era where this, where everybody was hit home run strikeout, it was you know steroid bomb, you name it. To hit 292 with tailing off at the end of his career, that makes you a hitter, not just a home run hitter. That makes you somebody who hits slash lines at 292, 393, 514 with a 140 OPS plus. Right, 2,689 hits. It's a lot of hits, almost 3,000, which is used to be a magic number to get you the whole thing. You got 3,000 hits, Hall of Fame. 500 home runs, Hall of Fame. Rafael Palmeiro has both, one of the few, and is not in, but he lied to Congress. 467 doubles, 509 home runs. This is a member of the 500 home run club, which is still a pretty unique club. But add to that, you know, Carlos Beltran's probably going to get in, you know, at some point in time in the near future with like 1,500 runs, 1,500 RBIs, one of the few people to do that. Well, this dude has 1,676 ribbies for his career and 1,636 runs. Added in some speed with 253 steals. So think about these numbers for a second. I'm talking about like these numbers are close to like, you're talking about legit, legit guys who have these numbers. These are pretty, pretty crazy, you know, numbers, right? Add all that together, a 60.5 war. And here's the fun part. He walked 1,475 times and only struck out 1,171, which means he walked more than he struck out by a long shot, which nobody in today's game or during this time was doing because everybody was hitting for defenses. Nobody was hitting for average. His on-base percentage was crazy because, because he batted 292 and walked so many times, right? This is a, a real, you know, put that real, you know, a real, a real check mark. Do you know I have who, no idea who it is. That's why I'm no. doing it this way. I want people. I want people at home going. I know who it is. I know who it is. N Manny Ramirez. No, but a feared hitter, sort of like that, right? Though this guy never won an MVP. Three times he finished in the top three. You can't doubt the volume, the fact that he was great for two decades, and his stats. Right? He was not a good defensive player. 
not a good defensive player, right? But no requirement that he was great, you know, to get in the Hall of Fame that they're great in everything, right? There's DHs in the Hall of Fame. David Ortiz is not exactly a great fielder. <laughs> but so, you know, this is, the, this is the story, right? So, you know, I mean, we're, we're rocking and rolling. So the negative, the detractor, why I started with that Mitchell report is he was in there. He was named in that Mitchell report, same as Ortiz. So when Ortiz gets in, that shouldn't get him in there. But the difference, the little add on here is that in addition to that, um, he was allegedly part of the Balco stuff with Barry Bonds claimed, you know, that it was, you know, he was, um, you know, he, that cream, the clear, you know, remember all that, you know, baloney never tested for it. Never, you know, never failed the test, never whole deal, but he was, he was caught up in that whole, you know, drama there. Right. Um, you know, pretty crazy, right? Nine time all-star. Five Who is it? Slugger. And here's what's funny: all the 500 home runs won the batting title in 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 1992, right? This is won the batting title in '92. One of two players ever to hit 30 home runs for five different teams. There's a nice hint: so he played on five different teams, right? 30 home runs, five different teams. Him and Fred McGriff, who also should be in the Hall of Fame. Gary Sheffield. Oh, won a World Series with the Marlins. He's got a very distinct hit. Yeah, batting stance, batting stance. Get the get the wiggle, get the wiggle. That one, boom, hit, hit the ball, and, and just it's funny. This guy was. I had a T-shirt, you know, the Yankee T-shirts, you know, with the little thing. I'm CC Sabathia now. And I, I had a Sheffield shirt. I had a Matsui shirt. I had a Gary Sheffield shirt. Great with the Yankees. Never won a series with the Yankees. Won with the Marlins. Um, in that crazy, I think it was against the Indians, maybe. Um, when 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 they won the World Series, but so one with the Marlins. Um. And he just played for a long time at a really, really high level. His counting stats are great. And here's what's funny. You can get an iconic card. High pop, about 2,000 in PSA 10. He happens to have a rookie card in the exact same set that people think is iconic because it's Ken Griffey Jr. 89 upper deck. He was also a rookie there. So you can get an 89 upper deck Gary Sheffield, 1989 upper deck Gary Sheffield with a white border. There's one available right now on eBay for $48. Just buy it now, forty eight dollars. You probably get it cheaper than that in an auction, right? Because there's two thousand for a PSA ten, right? For a PSA ten, I'm talking about for a PSA ten, forty eight dollars. Now, you want some alternatives? And guys, I will start buying this. You do not have to buy this now because I don't think he's going to get the votes to get in the Hall of Fame now, and you might not get it next year. I think it doesn't make a difference. As people start talking about him, a forty eight dollar card. How do you not grab one of these? There's two thousand of them, right? Um, Can I know. talk about this? Real quick? <clears throat> Shoot, please. Look at all the. I, I searched this real quick. Yeah. Upper deck, uh, nineteen eighty nine upper deck Sheffield. Uh-huh. Yep. Auction, Probstein, yep. Probstein, 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 Probstein. Well, people Probe. are like these. People are smart. They 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 dug out their cards, figuring this is the week. People are talking about him for Hall of Fame, and they're voting, and his name is out there. So they figure they send them the Probstein to get you know to liquidate him now, right? Click on that one. Upside down. So if you if you zoom in on the picture, so this is one I might buy. I think the last one sold in December for like 600-something bucks. So don't buy this one for $1,500. Look at the top right. No, no, flip it. The top right corner. Oh. So where his position is, shortstop says SS. The SS is upside down, I believe, if you take a look, if you zoom in on it. So I think the last time I checked the PSA pop on that, there's only 22 of those. So pretty darn rare. Right, but here's what's funny. Can you can you type in because we talk about this with Griffey? Can you type in in, in eBay 1989 Bowman Tiffany Sheffield? You love that set. I love the Tiffany's because they're produced in rare quantities. There's Fleer Glossy, 
right? There's Tops. He's got a Tops traded card, I believe, also. But Bowman, Sheffield, uh, 1989 Bowman, uh, not Ricky Henderson there, you know, Sheffield. So there's there's the card, right? And obviously it's got some, you know, it's got some people, uh, you know, that's a nine and there's a ten. It's got some meat on it, but don't don't buy that. So don't buy that at that price. I mean, it's a nice card and it's pretty darn. Is it rare. autographed? No, the the old Bowman's had a fake like facsimile auto. You know, they just put like that on like a lot of old style cards had that, so um, they copied that when they did the Bowman. See that? That's his 1989. There's his tops card, the future stars. You scroll down right there. This one right here. Yep, you can click on that one. You know, there he is, future stars. This that's his tops Tiffany 89 tops Tiffany card. Um, unlike Griffey, who was in the traded. Gary Sheffield's card was in the main set. He was a rookie that year in the main set. Um, Tops put Sheffield in because he was. I mean, look, Griffey was known. They both have um, MLB lineage genealogy. Griffey, obviously, his dad played. Gary Sheffield's uncle is Dwight Gooden. That was a big thing we used to talk about when he came up in the eighties. Like, you know, that's Dwight Gooden's nephew, which is amazing because Gooden, nineteen eighty four, Sheffield, nineteen eighty nine. As a kid, I didn't really understand that. I get it now. So, anyway, there's a lot of ways you can go with this. The 89 Tops, Tiffany, the upper deck is really recognizable and very inexpensive. Um, I just think this is one of those cards that at $48, $50, it's never going down. And when he gets in the Hall of Fame, <clears throat> maybe next year, maybe the year after, whatever it's going to be, it could be it could be a $250, $300 card without a problem, you know, an upper deck. You know, the Griffey's thousands of dollars, right? So, you know, it, it's one... Do you want to put it away? Do you want to put 50 bucks in now and hold it forever? Listen, if he gets in the Hall of Fame in the next two or three years, it's a card that I think could five or six X in two or three years. It's not many places you can put your money with that with very little downside. So that's what I look for. It's cool because you have the people talking about him now. Um, you do not have to purchase it today because like you saw with the probe scene auctions, obviously people are sending these out. That said, with more volume, well, that's out a lot there of supply. They <clears throat> might be might be able to steal one of those for you know less than forty eight dollars. Who the heck knows? I mean, so how it. many people are buying Gary Sheffield? So uh, I actually well, think now, that, that we're welcome. You're welcome, Probstein, and, and Probstein. Let's just maybe a couple more now. <laughs> well, it's um, and we're trying to do this too, guys. We're by nature, or I'll speak for myself. I'm a flipper by nature, investor, very short term. I struggle to hold. Uh, I love action. I love making deals. But there is an element of like some things are long-term holds, right? Yep. They really are long-term holds. And not only are they a long-term holds, here's how I sometimes see these long-term holds, right? If you really buy right, you only need a few of them to pay off. Because if you really buy right, they're actually never going to go down. They only may go up. You know, are you really going to get the best graded iconic card of this guy for less than 50 bucks? I doubt it, right? So let, let's say by 10 of these, two, three, four of them go go well. The others have retained value. So I, I'm just starting to try to put my mindset into like what, how collectors think. Because uh, do collectors, they're the backbone of every industry, NFTs, crypto, whatever it is. Uh, NFTs are uh, sports cards. So there you go. Well, that's just one of the things I was thinking about today. I like giving plays like that because, you know, you got the Hall of Fame voting. It's somebody I watched play, somebody who was feared when he stepped into the batter's box. And, um, you know, somebody who has the numbers. Um, and I think he meets those lines. It's going to be easier for him to get in when they put Ortiz in. 
because he was kind of lumped in with the whole quote unquote steroid guys, more more aligned with Bonds and, and Clemens and those guys. But the Mitchell report was what people wrote up. Well, the Mitchell report is also Ortiz, and Ortiz, I think, is getting in. He's just beloved. So if that's not going to be a bar, yeah, he's got that Mitchell report plus the potential Bolco link rumors. I just, you know, I think if you look at the numbers, there are so many people who got let in that, um, you know. How do you keep him out? How do you keep a, a, a guy with numbers like this? And he, he, it's not just inflated numbers because of the time. It's not just all home run numbers. Sure, he had 500 home runs. But the dude had 292. He walked almost 1,500 times. You know, he had all those runs, all those RBIs. You know, I mean, he was not just a home run masher. He was a legit player. He was a liability in the field. I think his career war would have been significantly higher if he never set foot in the field, which is not good. <laughs> I'm serious. I think it's, I think it's, his defensive war significantly hurt his overall war. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm saying war wins above replacement. It's, yeah. it's sabermetrics. metrics. No, you can't, you can't talk right, about all right, it. Money, all right, money ball. <laughs> That's me. I'm Billy Bean. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, Bill, I'm Billy Pinto beans when I get Mexican food. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, I try my best. Well, I mean, listen, should, we, should I order food? You should. You should get. You should get. So you should just get food. What I got tonight here, we call it Mexican food. Where you are, you just call it food. So just order some food. All right, I'll order some food. Dude, Mexican <laughs> food is delicious. Love it's not, food. But is it called Mexican food there? <laughs> I mean, do you do you now when you're searching on Uber Eats in in wherever you are? I'm not going to say the location because the federal always don't listen. I didn't. Do you I didn't tell Mexican you. Food? Yeah, please. What do you tell me? Do you tell I everybody. Say burritos. Now I say. What's it? My sister and my mom are surprised me. They're visiting tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. So Cole's coming too, and they're not telling you. No. no. <laughs> Maybe they're not telling me. <laughs> You, you, you think he's not coming, but he's knock on the door. Here he is. Hello. I don't mind him, man. He's a good hey, guy. He's got, he's got initiative. I like people with initiative. His brother's got a hug. <laughs> he's not my Hello, brother. brother. All right. That's another episode. I need to go get my beauty <laughs> sleep for what whatnot. I got my cigars ready for tomorrow. I'm excited. Let's let's rock and roll. I'm gonna smoke a cigar tomorrow for the whatnot show. 100. percent It's been a during great the season. whatnot show. At 10 in the yeah. morning, you're going to smoke a cigar. You're going to make me so jealous. Because even if I wanted to smoke a cigar right now, I'm not going to smoke one in my house. And it's like 20 degrees here. I'm going to sit outside and freeze. And you can complain about the Wi-Fi. It's going to be a good time. You separation, have a se- separation season is so that we can work hard. So this becomes a you know, million-dollar-plus podcast network that we're building. It already is. It already is. It already is. And, and then we build a man cave. Where you could smoke infinitely, and it probably has ventilation and stuff like that. That's I have that. It's called my downstairs bathroom. It's my man cave. Ventilation, everything of everything a chronic boy needs. I it's hide. crazy it's like you work, <laughs> and a tiny little TV that I can <laughs> sometimes if you bang it right, it works. Uh, like you work your whole life to make all this money, and then you can't even have the basic pleasures of life, which is just like I want to watch the game. And smoke and drink Coca Cola, not me, but you. <laughs> Diet. And watch sports. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh man, maybe right, I'm well, crazy. Listen, we, we're having some fun tomorrow. We got two two shows. We have the whatnot show, 10 a.m. I gotta go find some some slabs to sell. Maybe I'll just do all Mason Greenwood all day tomorrow. <laughs> Dude, he might get tra- he he might get transferred. 
By the way, Cage, we got um we got the so, results so back all these, of the all these Mason Greenwoods that I've been selling for like half off eBay. Everyone's gonna love me when he gets traded to a new team and they sell it for ten yeah. times what they're buying for. Yes, it's possible. I, I it's possible, it. dude. He's he. Uh, if you saw LAFC Gunner, if you guys follow him, a hundred percent follow him for soccer, especially leading up to the World Cup. Um, Mason Greenwood's top ten most expensive transfer fees. So he's 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 sought after. It's interesting. That's a whole thing I have to learn about the transfer fees. We'll go so talk about we got the results. Tomorrow. Yes, we do. You want you want to go over it now or tomorrow? No, we'll post it. We can post it for everybody. We get to post. You talk about the uh, the the second round of the hobby awards. Yes, that's exactly nice. what I'm talking about. Awesome. We'll post it and we'll leave you guys hanging. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Luca Nation, we love you. Email me, I am Andrew Goldberg at gmail.com if you want to get in on the free submissions to SGC. We're going to have SGC CEO Peter on next Friday. Get your questions ready. Uh, it's going to be a two part series, actually. So we got some really fun stuff planned. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. Cage, take us home. We're already home, guys. Listen, go enjoy your uh, Mexican food. Get the cigar ready. We'll see you tomorrow for whatnot. And then the collectible episode um, in the evening. Thanks for you know for spending some time with us and, and listening to us talk about cards. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it helps get me through the winter. So thank you for listening. Enjoy. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Tell your enemies. Tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.